You're listening to the Business and Life Conversations podcast with Angela Henderson, episode 67. Hey there, you're listening to the Business and Life Conversations podcast. My name is Angela Henderson, and on this show, we talk about improving your business, life, or both by having amazing and rich conversations with brilliant guests who will inspire you and who will give you tips and tricks to help you grow both in life and in business. Well, hey there, amazing humans. I hope you're having a brilliant day no matter where you are in the world. And welcome back to another episode of the Business and Life Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Angela from Angela Henderson Consulting, where I am a business consultant helping women in business to develop the foundational framework and strategy they need to grow sustainable and profitable businesses. Now, if you're like me, trademarks are mostly a foreign language. I slow that down, a foreign language, because that's how I feel about trademarks. You know it exists, you may even know it's important, but you're not quite sure how the heck they work and why trademarks can be super important for your business. That's why in today's show, I'll be bringing on my own trademark lawyer, Lisa Wynn, to talk about all types of trademarks, the benefits of getting a trademark, the process for getting a trademark, the costs when you don't do trademarking, the costs for how to set up a trademark, and so much more. Trademarks have become super, super important to my business, and I want to make sure that you two are educated about trademarks and how they apply to your business and what you need to do in order to protect your business for now and for the future. This is an episode that you truly don't want to miss because it might just save your business in the long run. But before we jump into this episode, I just want to let you know that this episode is sponsored by my new on-demand business masterclass, the ultimate four-step framework for creating a sustainable and profitable business. In my 60-minute jam-packed masterclass, you are going to learn my signature four-step framework for creating a sustainable and profitable business without sacrificing time with your kids, without the overwhelm, or without wasting time on any more money. The four big mistakes that everyone in business makes and why they're keeping you from growing a sustainable and profitable business, what is working for your business now, and why most of what you're being taught about growing a business is outdated and wrong. To sign up for my on-demand business masterclass, The Ultimate Four-Step Framework, you can simply head to bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y backslash masterclass with Angela Henderson, and we'll also have the link in the show notes. Now buckle in and get ready for this amazing episode about trademarks with Lisa Wynn. Welcome to the show, Lisa. Hi, Angela. Thank you so much for having me. No, thank you for being here. Uh, it's always wonderful to to have a guest on that is super knowledgeable. And I know, I mean, all my guests are super knowledgeable. But what I mean by that is I think there's an element of trademarks that people start to lose their shit over, like they don't really know. So, or they start to assume things. And I want to kind of debunk a few myths, I guess you could say, about trademarks today. And I want the audience to start to get comfortable with it. So I guess that's why I know you're super knowledgeable in this. And I'm really thankful to have you on board today for this. Excellent. Thank you. Now, we first met, uh, probably, I was trying to think about it. It was probably about 12 months, I think, maybe a little over 12 months. And I was very fortunate to be introduced to you uh, when I was creating my own signature program, Profit Pillars with Angela Henderson. And you assisted me with my own trademarking. Um, and to be honest, when the, my copywriter at the time was said to me, like, Ange, you know, you're going to need to get this trademarked. You're going to need to have a separate logo for your program. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, I was like, you know, it's Angela Henderson Consulting. They're like, no, 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 that's your business. 
but you need a logo that accompanies the program. Um, and then you probably need to get that trademark. But I was like, why would I get that trademark? No one, you know, no one's going to copy me. They're like, that's what you think. Uh, and so then, yeah, like I said, I was really opened. Uh, my eyes were open, I guess you could say to the world of trademarks. Cause I never in a million years would have assumed that my coaching program would need to be trademarked. And that's, do you know what I mean? Where you came in. So, um, and you kind of yeah flipped me on my head a little bit going actually, and this is what we can do. And this is what we can't do. So as I said, I'm excited to have you here today. Um, but one of the things we do, least before we jump into the nitty gritty of trademarks is I like to ask each one of my guests a little question so that people can start to get to know you. Um, and I know you were just doing some family holiday time with your family during the school holidays. Yes. So my question to you, are you a beach person or a pool person? Oh, definitely a pool person. Without definitely doubt. Pool? Yes. 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 I, yeah. Who needs the sand? Like, <laughs> Seriously. <yeah. laughs> I'm like, is it? And I always feel bad because, like, I like, like, we were just in Vietnam and there's like this, uh, what do they call them? Infinity pools that overlook the beach. And I'm like, well, I'm kind of getting both, but like, I'm in the niceness of this. Drinks are getting delivered, right? Um, and I don't, like you said, the sand. Who the hell needs the sand, Lise? <laughs> Absolutely. Plus, I'm a country girl, so I don't live near the beach which means when I go to the beach I you know get dunked by the waves I'm just not knowledgeable (laughs) about I don't know how to swim in the ocean properly without you know causing an injury so yeah or like, yeah, or like needing to be rescued, any one of those. <laughs> exactly. Like I'm like the same. I'm like, if a rip were to take me, I would just float because I'm always like, I don't, I wouldn't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm looking for. And I do have a little bit of paranoia. Like when I'm with the kids at the, at the beach, like again, get me in a pool and I'm a pretty strong swimmer, but I definitely know my weaknesses get me in that ocean. And I start to kind of freak a little bit. Yes. Um, and like I said, I, I'm very like, oh, Chloe, Finney, you're too far away. They're like, mom, we're knee deep. I'm like, ah, you can still get torn away, you know. So I'm a little bit of the crazy mom also, which isn't helpful, you know, when I'm in the water with the kids. But yeah, so cool. So that's good. So you and I are pool people. Uh, I don't mind, yeah, drinks getting delivered either, you know. So uh, yeah, I'm all about the pool too also. So now can you tell... The listeners out there, because like I said, the majority of people who are listening don't know all of my guests. And so this is why I kind of do this every time, every episode, because I think it's important that people get to know you that clearly you like pools, but also you're a lawyer. So tell us a little bit about your current business journey and what that looks like. So I'm a, a trademark attorney. So that means that I specialize in trademark law and that's that's all I do. Um, and uh, it took me a while to to get to this stage in my business journey really. I was a lawyer for the government for a long, long time, um, doing a different area of law. I was doing criminal law. Um, And when I had my third boy, I got three boys. When I had my third one, I started an online toy store when I had him. And um, basically that was really just because I dreamt of being in business, you know, my whole life. And uh, I had no idea what to do. So I had three little kids at the time so I just started a a toy store and that was like a massive massive learning experience for me and I did that for a few years and did it while I was still working as a lawyer and um, ended up selling that business but that really opened the doors for me into you know this whole world of business and and business people and I just I just love all of that and so I got to a point then of trying to work out well how can I combine law with working with business people and and this is where really where I I ended up I went and did some further study so I could specialize in trademarks and um 
Yeah, so I ended up here. And, and you know, when you mix with a lot of business people, there are all those questions all the time about trademarks and do I need one and when do I need one and how do I do it and all that kind of stuff. And so I knew that there was a need for this kind of service. And I really wanted to be able to deliver it in a different way than, you know, your average your big law firms that are scary and intimidating and people, you know, don't want to make that call to them because they're so scared of how much it's going to cost them just to get on the phone to them. So, um, yeah, I wanted to be able to work with small small businesses and, and deliver that service and give them that peace of mind. You know, and that, that you do and you do it very, very well. So, uh now, but like you said, that scary part, right? Like, oh, I know like when I was calling you, I was like, oh, I didn't budget for like five grand for a trademark, you know? And I was like, oh, how do I, like, do, do I stop the launch because I don't have this trademark? And what happened if people do copy it? And what am I going to do? And there was a bit of fear going like, should I got, I know I got to do it, but what is, what is she going to say? And then you got on the phone. I was like, okay. For my instance, it wasn't $5,000. So I don't want you to stop listening now going all trademarks are $5,000 because that's not true. All right. But, um, you know, it was, it's kind of like that fear of the unknown. What, what does this mean for me? What does it mean for the business? What does it mean for my family? What does it mean for my finances? Like, what does it even mean? So I guess let's really start off with kind of laying the foundation for this particular episode and what is about trademarks is what is a trademark? Let's just start at the very most simplest form. Cool. So uh, before we jump into that, I might just mention that uh, that I am in Australia and an Australian trademark attorney. So um, like we're going to talk really high level today. So most of what I say is still going to be relevant to your overseas listeners because there's a lot of similarities in, in laws overseas. Um, but, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll probably dip into some Aussie stuff when we get into the, the details. So um, I just wanted to you know, 100%. Yeah. Absolutely. The majority of our listeners are Aussie, but I'd say, again, I have to go look at the stats. Something, again, I don't really look at a lot of the stats. I just know there's listeners. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, but the majority, cool. I definitely know the majority are Aussies. Like I said, at least 60% are Aussie, but still 40%, I'd say, if I had to take a guess, are international. So, yeah. So, I think they'll still get some value out of this because it'll be sort of overarching ideas and, um, you know, it, it might give them a place to start when they're going and looking into mm-hmm. trademarks in their own country. Absolutely. And this is really about educating, right? It's like, you might not need a trademark right now, but I want to plant the seed that there's may come a day when you do need it. And that we've let you know that like, what are the benefits of a trademark? What we're going to talk about? What are some of the potential costs? How would you apply and all that? So, you know, like all of this information though, like Lisa's saying is going to be predominantly, you know, cause she's an Australian attorney, attorney, but at the end of the day, this wouldn't be hard for you to take what we're telling you and apply it to your own country or find someone in your own country. So traditionally, you know, trademarking was something that only big businesses would think about and, um, you know, you would go off to your big law firm and with your big business and pay a lot of money to get your trademark. And I think there's a lot of people who still think that that's that's the case and that if they're a small business, they don't have to worry about it. Um, But these days things have changed because we're all online Uh um, and we all have our social media presence and websites and all that kind of stuff. It's becoming more of a relevant thing for smaller businesses as well. So historically, you know, it wouldn't matter if you had a, a, a business in 
Brisbane and then another business with the same name in Sydney and another one with the same name in Melbourne and it really wouldn't have mattered because no one's going to get them confused. But now people really can get them confused because they'll end up on the wrong website or on the wrong Facebook page. So it is something that's more relevant to, to most business owners these days. So when we look at what is a trademark, trademarks are really about protecting your brand. So um, the the legal, I guess, definition is it's a trademark is a sign that's used to distinguish your goods and services from the goods and services that are provided by another person. So it's something that identifies your goods and services as being yours and it's something that your customers can use to distinguish you from your competitors. So in layman terms, it's, yeah, it's your brand basically. It's the things that you do to your business to help you stand out from your competitors and to make you different from your competitors. So it can be things like your business name, your logo, your tagline, service names, product names, packaging, anything that serves a branding purpose in your business is something that can potentially be trademarked. So um, what it's not is you don't trademark a product. And I do have a lot of people come to me saying that they want to trademark their product. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can't trademark a product or a process or an e-course or anything like that. It really, you really have to come back to that brand. That's, Mm -hmm. That's really what trademarks are all about. And with, I guess, one good question, because we are just, we just differentiated again, that there are some different rules here in Australia than internationally. Mm-hmm. With trademarks too, do you need to have a different, a trademark? Do you need to apply for a trademark in each country or is the trademark universal? It is a country by country thing. So because um, countries have their own laws on these things, that that's how come the laws can be slightly different from country to country. And it's it's pretty much impossible for there to be like any kind of international law that's just going to apply everywhere. Um, so, yeah, it does complicate things a bit. And when it comes to businesses working out where they need to get their trademark, then I usually suggest looking at where most of their income is coming from. Mm -hmm. Uh, If most of their customers are from the US, then that's where you want to be protected because if it, you know, worst case scenario happens and you can't use your brand in the US anymore, then that's going to have a massive effect on your business if that's where most of your customers are coming from. Totally. Um, Yeah. And what what do you think are the, the key benefits of a business having a trademark? Well, it really is about giving legal protection to your brand. Um, So in Australia, we have the the business name register where we all have to go and register our business name and other countries might have something similar to that or even state registers for that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of people think that that gives them some legal rights to the name and it, it actually doesn't. So registering your business name doesn't mean that you own the name. It doesn't mean that you can stop someone else from using the name. Uh, It doesn't even mean that you're allowed to use the name yourself. You could register a business name and still find yourself being sued for for infringing somebody's trademark. So um, 
so the trademark, you know, the benefits of it are to give you that legal protection. And basically what it gives you is the exclusive right to use your trademark, you know, say it's your business name, as a brand for the goods and services that are specified on your registration. So that means that the same thing can be trademarked more than once if, it, if the, the trademarks relate to different kinds of products and services. So other ad advantages of doing a trademark is that um, it means that you can authorise other people to use your trademark. So you might licence out the, the name of your, um, uh, say you've got an e-course or something, you might licence that out and let other people deliver it under your brand. Mm -hmm. uh, a trademark is, is personal property. It's an actual asset that can be bought or sold. And so when you're looking at the assets that your business owns, then a registered trademark will be listed as an asset and it will have a value and uh, it's something that's quite important if you're ever selling your business. Um, it really puts you in a stronger position if you do need to stop somebody else from using the same name as you um, because the trademark register is public and everyone can see that something is registered as a trademark. That really just makes it clearer for you to say, look, I have the trademark, therefore these are my rights. It's Having that clarity around it is much easier than you having to argue that you, you know, that it's your name and, and that you have any rights to it altogether. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's just, it makes things much easier and it can also... Um, prevent a lot of issues from coming up as well because if um, if a business, particularly big businesses, if they're going to choose a new name, a, a new brand, they will check the trademark register before they settle on the name and make sure it's not registered. And if it is, then they'll go off and choose something else. Because if it's not on there, they'll go, okay, well, we're good to go. So, um, Which is interesting though because I think this is super important for small businesses too, right? And that... Mm -hmm. Big businesses may have the teams and support around them to know, or legal teams even, that this is what you need to do, right? Or yeah. we're going to be having another branch. But I was just working with one of my coaching clients last night and she wants to have like, I, I won't disclose what, but she wants to have like this umbrella onto her current business mm -hmm. and she wants, there's a name and I was like, you need to check that out. And she's like, well, why do you need to check? Like, it's just, I'm just adding it under here. I'm like, no, you don't understand. It's like, you need to double check that what word and terms you're about to start utilizing, do you know what I mean? Aren't trademarked. And we can kind of giggle you and I, because you and I had an encounter. Well, not you, I had an encounter this week to which I then called you in a freaking state of panic on Monday. Um, because this is a prime example of this happening is that I won't disclose the man because he's a beautiful man. Um, I give this man an enormous amount of credit. All right. But I was running a Facebook ad for um, a particular lead magnet. And on my ad, it had two words side by side. Now, these two words to me are just universal words, a set of words that are used regularly that I see in different countries all the time. But because I, again, was naive, didn't even think that this set of words would be trademarked. I got a you know video message the other day on my Facebook page, which again was really lovely that this gentleman did that. Like again, my hat, I cannot praise him enough for the way he handled the situation. Um, you know, and hey, this is such and such. And by the way, I've got a screenshot of your current Facebook ad that you're running. And by the way, you're infringing on my two words, right? Yeah. Again, I didn't know. Like, again, it was a harmless 
problem. Um, but what I will be saying is, and that's why, again, it's so important. I mean, you were already booked to come on anyways, but it's really important this episode for me because it's not just about protecting your property that you and the assets that you currently have, but anything that you might want to start doing. And then you potentially, you know, uh, it, you could get taken down, right? So in this instance, mine was kind of a slap on the hand, really, from the point of view, like, now I'm going to be really mindful. This is a lesson I've learned from that. Um, but luckily, I hadn't started a whole new business based on those two words. Yes. It would have been completely shut down. And that's what I was saying to my client last night when we were talking about this new idea is before you do anything else, go to the registrar, like the, like where you can check everything out and just double check that this isn't. And then I talked to her about the importance of trademarking all this. Now, again, whether or not she, what she does with that information is up to her. But I believe that now that I have all that information, it's my responsibility as a coach to educate her and then she can choose what she does with that information. So this is a prime example of, you know, you, you do have to look for these things regardless of your big business and the small business. Absolutely. And most issues that come up are, innocent, accidental, you know, they're not, it, it, people are really worried about people copying them. And yes, that does happen. But most issues that come up are, are just, you know, much more innocent kind of situations where it's like, oh, whoopsie, I didn't, didn't check that or I didn't realise or, um, so yeah, so you, you need to check just, just in case. And, you know, for my clients, you know, while they get all these legal rights from getting a trademark, most of them really decide to go through the process because they just want to have the confidence that they're actually allowed to use the name or whatever it is. Um, they're going to be safe if they use it. They're not going to get in trouble from anybody else. And they've got that peace of mind then that they won't be forced to change their name if an issue arises. So, you know, they're not sort of going, oh, I want to do this because I want all these legal rights. They're mostly saying, I just want to do it for that peace of mind to know that I've got the name, it's mine, I'm allowed to use it, and I can go forward and invest money in packaging and branding and all this kind of stuff knowing that that money is not going to be wasted, wasted. because I've got the, got the trademark locked in. And I guess if we talk about that, you know, you would have seen in the years, and I guess we just were briefly talking about it, but I can only assume that there's an enormous amount of costs that businesses can incur if they don't have a trademark. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, the costs that come up are really, you know, what's going to happen if the worst case scenario happens, which if you hang around on Facebook at all, you will see, you know, people with their freaking out about, oh, I was on the receiving end of a cease and desist letter and now I have to change all my branding and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, the worst case scenarios do happen. Um, And so if that happens, like, I guess there's two main things that can can happen is that you're going to have to change your name or um, your logo or that you, you feel like you're in the right and you now need to defend yourself and um, take action so that you don't have to change everything. So if you choose to change everything, then, you know, that that could mean a, a new name and new branding and new website and domains and socials and new packaging, signage, all sorts of stuff. And so depending on your business, you know, the cost of, of having to make that change you know, for you, so for you this week, the cost of having to make that change is probably not too bad. 
it will but, be more a time thing. It's it's more. Yeah. And again, like I said, I take full responsibility. There's no blame here. The full responsibility is on me. But you'll now be going back to the design team to do you know what I mean change the the words, right? So then, it's quite annoying and it's more of like an inconvenience. But yeah, I guess if it yeah. was my trademark that where people were infringing on, like I totally understand where this guy's coming from, right? Like he's just protecting his assets. So this guy is in the full. He's he's done exactly everything right. And like I said, I'm super. I've got a lot of gratitude for the fact that, again, the way he handled it, like a beautiful man. Um, so, yeah, but again, it could have been, you know, he could have, it could have been very different, right? Yeah. And I, I've had a client who's been on the receiving end of a, a cease and desist letter from a big company. Um, and and she was a, a product business. So she had a whole heap of products in their packaging and was given 14 days to stop using the name. And for her, that means having all this stock that she can't sell. <laughs> so, you know, of course, there's all the other stuff of having to, she had to get her, take her website down, take her YouTube down, channel down, like all that kind of stuff is devastating and she needs to start again, basically. But all this stock as well, like it's such, such, such a waste. Mess. And so, yes, yeah, yeah. so again, and that's where I guess if we look at the, uh, how do I say the time, the effort, the emotional energy that it, I just think it should be one of those things that you almost add to you know, the beginning of your checklist when you're starting a business, right? Like if you're already going to pay for a logo, you're already going to pay for a website. You're already going to do all those things. I just don't see, I mean, I'm not sure there are cases that you would talk about, but to me, it's just such an important part. And again, it's one of those things that I didn't know what I didn't know, but you can be damn sure that any coaching client that I'm working with from now on, it's a part of our ongoing conversation, right? Um, it has been for a while now. Um, so yeah, so so what are the legal requirements for those people out there that are going, ah, you're bringing up some really great points here, Lisa. There's probably a few things that I need to look into. What are, yeah, what are those legal requirements look like uh, for getting a trademark? So, so one of the misconceptions with trademarks is that people think that it's just an administrative process uh, you just log in and you know fill in the <laughs> fill in the details and and really that's because you know on the IP Australia system at least it's super easy to log in and fill in the details and bang five minutes later you've lodged your trademark application. So a lot of people don't realise that there's a lot more that happens after you lodge your application. It's that's not that's not it once it's lodged. And about 30% of all applications in Australia don't go through. So that's that's a big chunk of them. And then more of that, that there'll be a higher percentage that run into issues. And some people will be able to overcome their issues and get them through. And then what's left is 30% that still don't go through at all. And so that's because their applications are not meeting those legal requirements for, for being registered. So there's a few different ones. One that comes up a lot is that the trademark must be capable of distinguishing your products and services from, from others, from your competitors. Mm -hmm. So um, this one means that you can't trademark those generic common phrases that, you know, describe what it is that you're selling. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, a really obvious one is that you, you wouldn't be able to trademark Sydney Plumber because, you know, all the other plumbers in Sydney need to be able to say that they're a Sydney plumber and it just wouldn't be fair yeah. for one person to have the exclusive rights to that phrase. Um, and then, you know, that's a really obvious one, but there's this massive grey area of 
of whether something is too generic or not or is it too descriptive or not. And um, so that one can be one that can really catch people out and they'll lodge their application and then find out months later that it's it's not capable of distinguishing the test. So they, they kind of fall down at that point. Um, the other one that comes up quite a lot is that your trademark can't be either substantially identical or deceptively similar to another mark that's already on the trademark register. So that means, you know, you need to do a search before you lodge your trademark application and see what is already on there. And a lot of people get caught out here because they just search for the exact thing that they're wanting to trademark and if it comes up that there's no results they go oh well I'm okay good to go yep. <laughs> um, but because you need to look at, at anything that might be substantially identical or deceptively similar it's a bigger operation to, to do the search and you'll search for different spellings and part words and um, you know all sorts of things to just make sure there's nothing on there that's going to pop up and cause you an issue during your your application process and also like I mean those are a lot of like what you're talking about the legal requirements but I even know like like you said it's quite easy you go online you click a few buttons wham bam and you're done but there's like actually some more complexities. Like when you were sitting with me on our call, and I think or maybe it was a questionnaire, it was one of the two, or it could have been a combination where you're like all the different categories that you could also have. And I think like there I was like, okay, this is a shit storm. Lisa, just tell me what I need to do, right? Like I, if I would have had to try and figure that out myself, it would have been a sure error. No, like I would have potentially even had too many included things I wouldn't like. That was where I was like so glad that I had you because I was like, you knew the ins and outs of each category, how that applied to my business, what I needed to do. So again, you could easily screw your application up with like just those categories I was so confused about. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, the end, at the end of the day, your trademark is giving you the legal rights to use the name in relation to whatever products and services are listed on your trademark. So that means that that list of your trademark of all your products and services, that list really defines the legal, you know, the scope of your protection. So it is like super, super important. Um, where it gets confusing for people is that there all the different products and services in the world have been categorised down into 45 different categories called classes. And so when you're choosing your products and services, it'll ask you what classes you know, they're in and the cost of your trademark will be linked to how many classes you've got in there. So that is a bit of a process to work all that stuff out. Um, but it also confuses people too because they then think that these classes is actually important to their to their legal protection. Yeah. So um, I've seen a lot of people say that, um, oh, I've, I've got... I've got a trademark in class 30 and so they think that they're covered for all of class 30 yeah. and that's not how it works. It really does come down to the specific descriptions of your products and services and getting that right and, you know, that's where people do fall down when they spend five minutes doing their trademark application because they just log in and go bang, bang, bang and they, they think it's all, you know, it's they sort good. of don't realise how important that step is and, you know, I, that's where someone like me puts a whole lot of thought into that because 
you know, you got your trademark, they'd last for 10 years. So you don't want to be coming back in another year to kind of fill in the gaps of things that you missed. You want to try and make sure it's drafted nice and widely. So it's actually going to protect you as you for grow. as long as possible. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. And so with right. those being some of the legal requirements and then some of those like specific categories, how do businesses, if they wanted to apply for a trademark, like what does that look like? How do they do that? So the first thing you need to do is decide what you're actually going to apply for. So most businesses have more than one trademark because there's because it's about your brand. You've got different aspects to your brand. You've got your name and your logo and product names and you know the the first decision is like, well, what is the most important thing that we need to actually protect and um or have a strategy. If, you, if you've got multiple things, then work out, well, what's the most important one that we'll do first and then what will, will we do next? Um, so, and again, people think that if they lodge a trademark application for their logo, then that means that they've protected their name. And I guess um, there's a bit of a lack of understanding about how the different kinds of trademarks protect you differently. So making that decision of what needs to be protected is the first step. Then you need to do that search and make sure that there's nothing on the register that's going to stop your application from going through. You have to have a think about um, whether any of those legal tests, and there are others that I didn't mention that aren't, you know, that don't come up very often, but um, you need to, you know, have a bit of a think about those and see whether you, your application is actually going to satisfy those tests because there's no point lodging it if it's got no chance of going through yes um you need to work out who the owner of the trademark will be and this is um something that people usually give zero thought to but it can be the death of your trademark you know when you go to enforce your trademark five years down the road if you haven't got who the owner of the trademark is right at the start then you'll you won't be able to enforce your trademark down the road so You've got to get that right um, and then determine those products and services that you want to be covered for, working out the classes and all that kind of stuff. And then you can work out the costs and um, make a decision then about, you know, how much you want to get protected because for most of my clients it is going to be a, a financial decision as well of, you know, making sure that we get as much of, of them covered as we can. but it's also within their budget. So, yep. And what would you say for those people out there? Because a lot of my listeners will be very budget conscious, as I was when I started this. Yep. What's like the minimum type of cost for a trademark versus like, like what's a ballpark? Like, and again, how long is a piece of string really is the question more like it. But, you know, like I think mine, mine was under $2,000 with you. Do you know what yeah. I mean? So, like, yeah. they all range. But to me, like, and I know $2,000 may sound like a lot to people, but to have that, like, so I can lay my head on my pillow at night. And, like, I, the other thing is because of the way the trademark works, like, it, it goes through stages, correct? Like, you've got to apply for it. Do you want to yeah. talk to them about how, what the stages of a trademark look like? Yeah. So, you lodge your application and pay your fees at the start. And then your application gets examined. And and this is where it's different to a lot of other administrative type things like, you know, you apply for your, your business name and it's just all done by the computer. Trademarks is different. You have an actual person, a trademark examiner will sit down and look at your application and work out whether it meets all the requirements for registration. Uh, if they accept your application, that means they say, yes, it's ticked all the boxes and um, 
and then it gets published in the trademark journal. If they say, no, there's issues, then they'll send a letter and set out what those issues are and then you have an opportunity to work out a way around those issues. Mm-hmm. Um, so this, this part of the process can take anywhere between one month and six months <laughs> for, mm-hmm. that, for that bit to happen. Um, once your trademark is published, then there's a two-month period where other businesses can come and oppose your application. And that doesn't happen very often, but it, it can happen if there's already somebody out there using the name um, and they've been using it for a while, but they don't have a trademark, then they might come in at that point and, and oppose your trademark application. Um, and then, you know, assuming everything goes through fine there and nobody opposes it, then you get to registration and your registration is backdated to the date that your application was first launched. And you've got that registration for 10 years, but you can renew it every 10 years forever, if mm-hmm. you like. Yep. So. But like, I know, like when we were doing it, I just remember that there was like, was it three payments that I made you? Like you had a payment plan, right? Is yeah. That- so that's just, that's just my, um, my way of doing it. And, and so with the fees, there's the government fees and we have to pay those fees right at the start. Start. Yep. Um, and then there's the professional fees if you use someone like me. So the government fees are on a per class basis mm-hmm. so uh, they start at 250 um, or you could pay 330 depending on what kind of application you you lodge so that's per class um, to do one through me it starts at around the thousand dollar mark for one class and that includes all the government fees and then can really go up you know for as much as you want um, but yeah I, I've got that a payment plan which allows my clients to spread out the my fees part of it yeah totally Um, but that to me that was super helpful in my position right like I'm paying for copywriters and sales pages and logos and and graphics and I was like oh my gosh I know I need to do this but it's another fee right and but and so when I came to you I wasn't I was actually expecting to have to pay that up front so I was like okay you'll find the money, right? Like, I guess I'm always come from the, from the um, space of, I will find the money if it's genuinely what's going to help my business short and long term, right? I'll just, I'll figure it out. But then you came, you're like, yep, no worries. We can do this. And by the way, I have a payment plan. I was like, oh my gosh, this is ingenious, right? Like a lawyer's got a freaking payment plan. And I guess that's what I liked about you um, is that your willingness to really work with smaller businesses, right? Because the bigger law firms would just be like, Johnny, Susie, Angela, you're going to need to get us paid up, right? So so just as a side note, I do say that again, if you are sitting on the bench, you know, on the fence about getting a trademark and you don't know what to do, just know that again, someone like Lisa is is trying to help you do this the right way, the correct way, while at the same time helping with cash flow, which you don't see very often. Now, I guess this goes into my kind of my, one of my last questions for you is, why should businesses pay for a lawyer to do the paperwork the first time around? I mean, I'll speak to that in a minute, but I'd love to hear what your thoughts are. Well, and, and I think this is a great question because when you do hang around in Facebook groups and things like that, you'll see a lot of people popping in there saying, super easy, just do it yourself. Um, so, you know, that's what a lot of business people will hear that from other other business owners, that it's super easy and you don't need to have a professional to help you through it. But I think that there's two things to really consider. There's the application process 
And then there's the process of ensuring that your trademark is actually going to provide you with the best legal protection that you can have. Mm -hmm. So the application process bit is super simple. Like it really, you know, people do in five minutes logging in and, and lodging their application and off they go. And if, if by chance their application meets all the legal requirements because most of them don't know what they are when they lodge totally. it, it's just pure chance their application goes through, then they will tell the world that it was super easy to get their trademark. What they don't realise is that a lot of these people have trademarks that are terrible. That yeah, that would actually, actually not cover them probably. <laughs> exactly. Shit went down. All the time I see that. Um, yeah, all the time. So when you work with a, somebody like me, we're thinking beyond just the application process. We're thinking about your business over the long term and how we're going to protect that. Um, we, it's, it's more than just is this application going to go through or not? It's is it actually going to protect you at the end of the day anyway? And what are the, if not, what are the limitations to it? And making sure that our clients understand what they are protected for and what they're not protected for. Um, and it's a bit more of a partnership then, you know, and, and you, you talk about strategy and, you know, um, making sure that, if you've got a plan for we might do this one now and then we might do that one later and, um, yeah, it, it's a different kind of relationship, I, I suppose. Whereas if you just decide that you want to do it yourself and you ring up the trademark office in whatever country you're in, you're going to basically get some advice on the process, the application process, but they can't advise you on how to make sure that your application is drafted correctly. They can't advise you on what you should trademark. They don't really care whether your trademark protects you at the end of the day because their role is just for that application process. They don't have any role after that. So, and also like they can't sit there, they're not a business advisor either from the point like they, they don't have time to sit there and get into the nitty gritties. Oh, so you, you're going to sell merchandise. Oh, you're going to sell a course. Oh, you're going to want to do both. Yeah. Oh, okay. Like, and so again, it's, I don't know, I guess, and that's where I guess I'll answer is why should businesses pay for a lawyer is just, if you're going to pay for everything else, why the hell wouldn't you pay for a lawyer is what my question is. Is that like, again, yeah. and I guess it's also about not just what happens there, like, I was able to call you up on Monday, right? Like I had yeah. a relationship with you and I was like, Lisa, this beautiful man is called. He said, I'm infringing on two words. I thought they were universal words. Like, and I said to you right off the bat, charge me for whatever it is, but I just need some advice from you about like, what the hell's going, like, what do I do? But because I, I knew that you were the trademark, like a lawyer, I, I already had that relationship. You know, you helped me in five minutes. I was like, yep, too easy. I got my answer and it was done. Whereas if you ever fall into that plan and you're doing it on your own and shit goes down and you haven't paid a lawyer, like if I would, if I wouldn't have known you per se, and I called up a, a legal team, I could have just been hit with a $1,000, $2,000 quick bill, right? Like I could, because there was no relationship there. So that's right. Or thing, you would have posted in a Facebook group and got 20 different answers to your totally. question. <laughs> none of them would have been correct unless yeah. they were a lawyer, right? Like, exactly. and so I guess what I'm saying is, it's like, 
just find the money. All right. And I know you're probably like, ah, oh, and that's easy for you. It hasn't always been easy for me. All right. But I made collective choices and decisions looking at my business from a long-term strategy, not a survival mode strategy. Sure. So I just kind of go like, if you're willing to start a business, kind of like people that go traveling and don't take out travel insurance. And I'm kind of like, okay, but you just dropped $10,000 on this, but you're not going to like pay the extra two or $300 maybe to ensure that your family can get medical. Like it doesn't make sense to me. It really doesn't. So again, I could go on about it. And I, again, I'm not here praise. It's not called the podcast praise, you know, Lisa, <laughs> but like all I'm saying is, is like really consider, or, you know, I know you offer like a quick chat to people who are considering this, like yeah. in to speak with Lisa minimally and then make a decision as to what, you know, how you can afford it because it is super, super important for the overall sustainability and profitability long-term of your business. And I think it's just, you know, don't be scared to reach out to someone initially and get, just get some advice early on, even if you know that you can't afford to do it right now. When you speak to somebody and understand a bit more about it and how it applies to your business and what it's likely to cost you and, you know, then you can actually make an informed decision about when the right time is for you and you can start planning for it. You know, you start to put it in your budget. And I do speak to people and they say, well, I can come back to you in July after I've done my tax or, you know, and, and but at least you know where you stand and yep. you can plan for it then. Yep. 100%. So now one final question that I've started to ask my guests to wrap it up uh, before we wrap up, I should say, is what do you know now that you wish you knew when you first started in business collectively? Oh my goodness. <laughs> I wish I knew how important relationships are really with just with other business owners. Um, you know, I'm a bit of an introvert and I work at home and I work, you know, by myself and I really just thought that's what business was all going to be about. I'd just be doing my own thing. Um, but now I know that it, that's not what business is about at all. It really is all about relationships and, um, you know, it's amazing how much other people can help you uh, whether you work with them or whether you become friends with them or, you know, in so many different ways. So that's what I wish I knew right right from the start is how important that is and, and I would have put in a lot more effort initially to build relationships rather than, you know, hide myself off in a little, a little hole doing my own thing. <laughs> you speak my language. I mean, I'm all about human to human marketing um, and that human connection and people freak out when I pick up the phone and call them or ask them to dinner. It's almost like, oh my gosh, I've actually got to get behind from the computer, right? Like my accountant, Roger, who was on a couple episodes before was like, Angie, I haven't met you yet face to face. I'm like, I know, I know. Like, but during the day it's quite tricky. I was like, well, let's have dinner instead, you know? Like, so I think it is relationships. I genuinely believe are key to how fast your business will or will not grow. Um, I think it's super, super imperative. Now for those listeners, again, we've probably kind of mind blown a few people here, Lise, or just got the penny rolling or penny dropping, whatever you want to look at it. For those listeners wanting to know more about you or connect with you to explore getting their own business trademarked here in Australia, where can they find you? So my website is wintrademarks.com.au and I'm on Facebook at wintrademarks. Um, 
I am hopeless at Instagram, so I'm not even really on there. <laughs> so don't go looking for me there. It's on my list of things to get onto at some point. Um, and on my website, though, I do have a couple of things that might be useful to people. There is a checklist on there where you can, basically, it's all the things you need to consider when you, if you're deciding if you need to to get a trademark or not. Mm-hmm. And um, so, you know, it's more than just the cost. It'll, it'll raise a few things to have a bit of a think about. And also on my website, you can book a, that chat with me. So it's just a, a free short chat where we can just go over your business and have a little chat about what you're thinking you might want to protect. And I can give you some info about, um, you know, where you stand and um, you can go away with a bit more info and make some I think it is. It's all about educating yourself. Mm. You know, it's like the more and more like, what does this mean? How does this apply? What do you know? Mm. No, totally agree. So if you are needing anything with trademarks, please, you know, make sure again, do your due diligence. And if you are in Australia, feel free to head to Lisa's website. We will have all the links in the show notes, which I guess goes to my, you know, kind of closing thing is uh, my team and I will be putting together on this entire podcast uh, and the transcription for this episode at angelahenderson.com.au. And of course I cover all sorts of related business and life topics inside my very active Facebook community. Lisa's in there also, the Australian Business Collaborative. So head on over and join there. But for the rest of you, have an awesome day no matter where you are in the world. And I look forward to you joining me next week for another amazing episode of the Business and Life Conversations podcast. Thanks so much, Lisa, for your time today and educating all of the listeners. It has been fabulous and I hope you have a good day too, Lisa. Thanks, Angela. It's been great. No worries. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Business and Life Conversations podcast with Angela Henderson, www.angelahenderson.com.au.